Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Tonight, Shi'ur is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Jack and Biba Ben Kesus in memory of her father, Mr. Amram Ben Aisha Ben Maman, as we commemorate the Shloshim of the Niftar. The words of Torah that we say tonight should be Le'ilui Nishmato. And we have some very, very deep words tonight special for you in continuation somewhat of what we spoke about last week for those of you that are not listening live or are listening at a later time feel free to listen to last week's parashat toledot where we spoke about the loose bone this very very magical bone we called it part one and it was really a preface to what we're going to speak to tonight. Not directly connected, but definitely would help to get the background information. Nevertheless, if you uh, are still insisting to listen tonight fresh, uh, you are still going to walk out of here with some hidushim and the novelties of what we're going to say tonight. And then maybe afterwards you can go back and listen to what we said last week in Parashat Toledot. Nevertheless... In this week's parasha, Parashat Vayetzeh, this is what we are studying. The Holy Torah teaches us how HaKadosh Baruch Hu imposed upon Yaakov Avinu Bechir Sheba'avot, the elite of the Avot, the formidable task of establishing the foundation for the holy people of Bnei Israel. This was done in the house of Lavan Ha'arami. Imagine that you are given this task to father the twelve Shevatim, in a house that is corrupt, a house that is filled with fraud, a house of the biggest Ramai, probably in history. And this is where it has to be. Can you imagine how difficult that must have been for Yaakov and to, to go there looking for a wife to help build Klal Israel in the house of that evil person concerning who the author of the Haggadah states, Velavan bikesh la'akor et akol. Lavan intended to uproot everything. And there Yaakov was charged with the task to marry his wives, the future matriarchs, Rachel, Leah, Bilhan, Zilpah. They gave birth for Yaakov to the heads of the twelve tribes from whom all future generations of Jews would descend. Shifteyah edut Israel. Teilim David HaMelech writes, the tribes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who are testimony for Am Yisrael, all stem, sprout from that those years in Lavan's house. Yaakov Avinu's incredible journey begins with the very first pasuk of this week's parasha, Vayetzei Yaakov mi Be'er Shava, Vayelech Harana. Yaakov departed from Be'er Sheva and he headed towards Haran. And Rashi, at the end of last week's parasha, introduces the teaching of our Chachamim in Masechet Megillah that Yaakov sequestered himself in a yeshiva, the yeshiva of Ever Shem Ever for 14 years prior to leaving for Haran. And the Torah proceeds to describe how at the conclusion of those 14 years, HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranged for Yaakov to find himself, to rest in the future place of the Bet HaMikdash, Haram Oriyah. And it writes in the opening Aliyah, Vayifgab makom Vayalin Sham Kiba Shemesh, Yaakov Avinu encountered the place and he spent the night there because the sun had set. And there Rashi comments, 
פתאום שלא בעונתה, כדי שילין שם. The sun set for him suddenly, not at its normal time, so that he would spend the night and sleep there. In a vision that night, he had this divine revelation, this dream that would be the dream of all dreams, that would determine what his path would be for the rest of his life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to him in a dream and promised that he would help him and that he would merit establishing a proper household in Israel, Abayit Ne'eman Be'Israel, producing sacred offspring that would <coughs> lead Klal Israel, that would help inherit the promised land. And not only that, he would protect and watch over Yaakov Avinu wherever he went. This ladder that he saw in his dream was set earthward and its top reached the heavens. Angels were going up and going down. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu there promised, The land in which you are resting, that is the land which I will give to your children. Your children will be like the dust of the earth, abundant like the dust of the earth. You shall burst forth westward, eastward, northward, and south, and so will your family be blessed, and I will protect you. And in this dream, Yaakov Avinu saw this ladder <clears throat> with angels ascending and descending, depicting the fact that Am Yisrael must first direct their prayers heavenward to Shamaim in order to bring the Shefa, the heavenly bounty, down to earth. And from this vision, Yaakov realized that he had slept in the place of the future Bet HaMikdash, and he was overwhelmed by the feeling, by the sense of awe and fear. Yaakov wakes up and, he's, and he can't believe it. How great, how awesome is this place. This has to be an abode of God, the gate of the heavens. And here Rashi says, This is a place of prayer for their prayers ascend heavenward. And this, of course, became the future site of the Bet HaMidash, as I mentioned, where thousands upon thousands of tefilot, till today almost, going people travel to the Kotel HaMarvi to have those tefilot ascend to Shemaim. In this Shi'ur, I would like to touch upon two actions that are performed by Yaakov Avinu immediately when he wakes up from his dream, from this vision which he saw. The Pasuk writes right after he wakes up, Vayashkem Yaakov Baboker. Yaakov Avinu wakes up, Vayikach et ha'even asher samera shotav. And he plays, he takes the, he takes the stone that he put underneath his head, Vayasem ota matseva, and he sets it as a pillar, Vayitzok shemen al rosham, and he poured oil on its top. Vayikrayet shema makom ahu bet el, and he called the name of this place Bet El. However, Luz ve'ulam Luz Shem Ha'ir Larishona. However, Luz was the city's original name. So ringing a bell, the name Luz can hint what we're going to be speaking about tonight, as I mentioned. So this is what Yaakov Avinu does when he wakes up from his uh, slumber. So we need to explain two things. Number one, 
what possessed Yaakov Avinu to make a monument out of stone or out of the stone that he had rested his head upon. That's number one. And two, what possessed Yaakov Avinu to change the name of the place from Luz to Bet El? What's the reason? Maybe we can interpret these two actions using the following thesis where Yaakov specifically chose these actions to serve as the cornerstone for the sacred structure of Am Yisrael that he was about to build when he reached the house of Laban that he would establish in the city of Haran. So let's begin with the first action that he said, the building of the monument from the stone that was underneath his head. What was with this stone? So prior for prior him going to sleep, the Torah writes, Rashi clarifies a contradiction in these Pesukim. Before he slept, the Torah writes, He took from the stones of the area. He took plural, many stones. And then in this Pasuk that I quoted, He took the stone, one stone, the one singular stone that he had placed under his head. So is it many stones or is it just one stone? So Rashi resolves the issue. Very famous Rashi. Maybe you remember it from grade school. He formed this gutter pipe around his head with the stones, like a gutter pipe, as a protection from wild animals. And the stones started fighting with each other. One was going was saying, "No, I want the head of the tzaddik to lay on me." The other one was saying the same thing. made a miracle and it became one large stone. That's why the pasuk says he took the stone, one stone. Each stone wanted the tzaddik to specifically rest his head upon it. And God transformed it into one stone. This is why the last pasuk says, Now, we are aware that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a basic principle. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not perform miracles without a purpose. If that's the case, what in fact was the purpose served by this transformation of the many stones into one single stone? So what if these stones were fighting against each other. Very nice. What exactly does this mean? To answer this, we have to look at a Midrash that is brought down in Bereshit Rabbah. And the Midrash, quoting this Pasuk, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, says, Shenem Esre Avanim Natal. Yaakov Avinu took 12 stones. Kach Gazar HaKadosh Baruch Shehu Ma'amid Shenem Asar Shevatim. Because God decreed that Yaakov was going to establish 12 tribes. Amar Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu said, Abraham lohe'emidan. Abraham was not, were, did not merit to have and establish 12 tribes. Yitzchak lohe'emidan, neither did Yitzchak. Ani, with regards to me, im shnei if these 12 stones merge one with another, I know that I'll be to establish the 12 tribes. 
Once he saw that the stones merged, that's when he knew that he was going to be the one to successfully establish the 12 tribes. How are we to make sense and comprehend this dispute, this argument that took place among the 12 stones? They represented the Neshamot of Klal Israel. The Neshamot of Klal Israel are divided into 12 tribes. Each tribe has its own unique path, its own unique way of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Therefore, each stone corresponding to each of the Shevatim specifically wanted the Tzaddik, Yaakov, to rest his head upon its own stone. Each one wanted Yaakov Avinu to adopt his methodology as the proper way that Klal Yisrael would serve God. And as he proceeded to release the Neshamot of Bnei Israel from concealment in the house of Lavan Aramim, this was the goal. This was the mission of these stones. As Yaakov Avinu was giving birth, I want to be the forefront. Reuven said, no, it's going to be my way. God said, it's going to be my way. Naftali said, it's going to be my way. Each one wanted their own way of Judaism to be represented by the cloud. Yaakov understood by Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration, that the ultimate goals, goal was for the Shevatim to unite and serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as one. Torah achat ezrach. the Pasuk tells us in Sefer Shemot, there shall be one Torah for all the people. So therefore Yaakov Avinu created a sign for himself and he said, if these stones join together, then I will know that I am destined to successfully establish the 12 Shevatim. Because anyone worthy to be a part of Israel will join together to serve Hashem as one. And that's why the Midrash says, when they indeed joined and merged together, that's when, he was, that's when it became clear to him that he was going to be the father of 12 Shevatim. <clears throat> The Zohar writes that the stone that Yaakov Avinu placed underneath his, underneath his head and subsequently took to make a monument for Hashem represents the Even Shetiyah, the foundation stone described in the Mishnah, in Masechet Yoma, which was located be beneath the Aron Kodesh in the Kodesh HaKodashim. The Gemara explains that this Evan Shetiyah, Shemimena Hushtat HaOlam, it is called the foundation stone because the entire world was founded from this stone. So what do we see from here? And this was the stone that Yaakov Avinu put underneath his head. We learn from here a huge chidush. The 12 stones that, have, that Yaakov Avinu happened to choose, to choose were not ordinary stones. In fact, God arranged that he would use 12 specific stones upon which the world was founded. Yaakov then took those stones, placed it underneath his head, and they miraculously transformed into one stone. Ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu placed this special stone under the Aron in the Kodesh HaKodashim. If you take this idea, this detail, and combine it with what we learned in the Mishnah, that the 12 stones represent the 12 tribes, and the, the, combined what we learned in Midrash, Sikha, and the, these 12 stones represented the 12 tribes, what a conclusion we arrive at. 
The Evan Shetia, this foundation stone upon which the world was founded, is actually made up of 12 component stones corresponding to the 12 tribes. In fact, this coincides with what we learned in another Gemara <clears throat> concerning the number of pillars that support the world. In Masechet Chagiga, the Gemara writes, the Chachamim Omrim, <clears throat> the sages say, Al Yud Bet Amudim Omedet, the world stands on 12, or is being supported by 12 Amudim, 12 pillars. Shinemar, like the Pasuk says in Vezot Beracha, Yatsev Gevulot Amim Lemispar Bene Israel. He set up the boundaries of people according to the number of Bene Israel, which is 12, 12 children of, of Israel. So we've gained now a better understanding of the first action that Yaakov did in preparation for establishing the structure of Am Yisrael. Vayashkem Yaakov Baboker, he wakes up in the morning, and he takes this stone that was underneath his head, and he makes it into a matzeva, a monument, and they pour oil on it. Yaakov intended to perform this symbolic gesture in anticipation of establishing the foundation of Klal Yisrael, which would be formed from the 12 tribes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in turn, took that stone, the foundation stone, and placed it beneath Yaron in the Kodesh HaKodashim. <clears throat> then, he decides to change the name of the place. And he called the name of that place Bet-El. Ve'ulam, however, Luz Shem Ha'ir Larishona. The original city name was Luz. We must introduce this idea by bringing Rabbeinu Behaye, who teaches us that this Pasuk is actually referring to Yerushalayim, which was formerly known as Luz until Yaakov decided to rename it to Bet-El. I want to read you the Rabbeinu Behaye. He says, Hamakom shekaru Bet-El the name that he that was called Shekerao Betel, the name that he called Betel, Vehu Yerushalayim. It's Yerushalayim, it's Jerusalem. What was the purpose of the Pasuk telling us that it was called Luz originally? What benefit does it do for us? We should be able to say, The Pasuk wants to hint us something. From here, the world began. In its development and its conception. It is the beginning of the creation and the renewal. And therefore the Torah tells us that the first name, the original name of this place was Luz. The same Luz which is at the top of the spinal cord, which we spoke about last week, in the man's spine. And from that bone, that loose bone, we will be renewed again at the time of Techiyat HaMetim. Ah, unbelievable. So now, just like this place 
he, uh, he just like this place was named Luz was the source of this wondrous innovation of the world, Yerushalayim being the center of development, the center of conception, where everything came from, so too the loose bone in the human spine is the source for the future miraculous resurrection of the dead, also a renewal, a conception, a development. We spoke last week about this bone. I want to recap a little bit what we spoke about, quoting a Midrash on Hadrian would uh, ask um, Rabbi Yoshua Bechanania, and he asked him, from where will HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring do Techiyat HaMetim in the future? And he said, from the loose Shidra, the loose bone. And he says, how do you know? And Rabbi Yoshua Bechanania says, because this loose bone is indestructible. You try squashing it, you try grinding it, you try whatever you do, nothing. Take a hammer, smash it, it's indestructible. No matter what happens, whenever what you do with it. Based on this idea, Rabbeinu Bechaye provides us an amazing insight. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the human body, a bone known as the luz on our vertebrae. And it remains in existence forever. And it is the starting point from which HaKadosh Baruch Hu will rebuild and resurrect the dead in the future. In a similar fashion, says Rabbeinu Bechaye, HaKadosh Baruch Hu also created the city of Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, which represents the lose of the spatial wor- world. It was the starting point from which God created the spatial world, the world that we know it, and from the rest of the world there expanded and developed. And so too in the future, in Techiyat HaMetim, God will initiate the, the, the resurrection, the Techiyah, in Yerushalayim, the lose of the spatial world. And that process will then spread to the rest of the world. But if Yerushalayim was known as lose because it was the spatial starting point of creation, why did Yaakov rename it? It would have made sense just to keep it the name lose. Why did Yaakov rename the city from Luz to Bet-El? And the answer to this question is based on a teaching of the Vilna Gaon on his commentary on the Zohar. There, the subject of the loose bone in the spine, which never dies and is the source of the resurrection of the dead, is, discla- is discussed. And as we spoke in length last week, there the Vilna Gaon concludes, Venikra betuel Al Shem Bet El Shehuluz. It is called Betuel after Bet El, which is Luz. Last week we went in length, and again, for those just joining us, I really suggest you listen to what we spoke about last week. We spoke about how the name, the Luz bone, is called Betuel Arami because how it, how it frauded the Nachash. It's a tremendous shiur. Listen, I encourage everyone to listen to it. Because it's called Betuel. Yaakov Avinu changed Luz to Bet-El. Luz bone located in the spine is called Betuel. The letters of the name Betuel can be broken out to spell Bito-El, the daughter of God. And in this manner, the Vilna Gaon explains the connection between, between the Luz bone, which is called Betuel, and 
Bitoshel El, the daughter of El in Yerushalayim, which is called Bet El. The Luz and Yerushalayim are inherently connected. The Luz is Betuel and Yerushalayim is Bet El. Just as the Luz bone is the source of life for the body, so too Yerushalayim is the source of life for the universe. Vaikra et Shema Makoma u Bet El. And he called the name of the place Bet El. And then the Pasuk says, Ve'ulam Luz Shema'ila Rishona. However, Luz was the city's original name. Due to the fact that it represented the Luz of the spatial world. Now, since the Luz bone is referred to as Betuel, Bitoshel El, Yerushalayim is the Luz of the spatial world, is referred to as Bet El. Unbelievable connection. You can even say something else, a beautiful allusion. What's the word ve'ulam? However, we never see that word, ve'ulam. Ve'ulam, the word ulam, which means but, it was called uh, lose originally. The word ulam has this, the acronym of the word ulam is ve'ne'eman ata lehachayot metim, which we say in our Amidah. And you are trustworthy to resurrect the dead. So we see clearly an allusion in the Pasuk to the fact that God will initiate the resurrection, the Tehiyat Ametim in the future from Bet El, from Luz, the Luz of the spatial world, which is Yerushalayim. This teaches us the amazing connection between the two actions that Yaakov performed the morning he woke up from that dream. He built a monument from the stone that was underneath his head and he called the name of the place Bet El. The common denominator between the two actions is that they both relate to the foundation and cornerstone of the nation of Am Israel, for whom the world was created. Number one, the stone that was placed underneath his head and then consecrated as a monument which represents the Eben HaShetiyah the foundation stone upon which the world is created. And number two, while Yerushalayim, which is named Betel, also represents the lose of all creation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will initiate the Techiyat HaMetim from Yerushalayim, just as he will initiate the resurrection of the, of the dead from the lose bone. We can stop here, but we might as well just continue a little bit more. What was Yaakov's prayer? Once he woke up, he was so in shock. He made this unbelievable tefillah to God. Yaakov Inu said, Vaidar Yaakov nedelemor. Yaakov promised, he made a vow. Imiye Elohim imadi. If God will be with me. Ushmarani baderechaze. And watches over me on this road. Ashanochi olech that I'm traveling. Benatani lechem neecholu beged lilbos. And he gives me bread to eat, clothing to wear. Veshavti beshalom and betabi. And allows me to return in peace to my father's house. And, God will be, and he will be a God to me. This stone that I place over here will be a bet Elohim, a house of God. And everything he gives me, I will tithe. I will set aside ma'aser. Why did Yaakov promise to tithe, to, to, to set aside 10% from everything that Hashem would give him precisely at that moment. What changed at that moment? He didn't want to give 10% before that dream. He knew who God was. Why specifically now, after, after this revelation, did Yaakov Avinu want to give this 10%? In 
in Sefer Maor Veshemesh, addresses this question. And he quotes a Gemara in Masechet Ta'anit that says, Yaakov Avinu Lomet. Yaakov Avinu never died. Now, what does that mean, Yaakov Avinu never died? He's here, I can call him up right now. No, we, we, we know he's, he's in Me'arat uh, he's there. So what does it mean, Yaakov Avinu never died? And he explains that Yaakov Avinu successfully sanctified and purified his physical body to the level of the loose bone, which does not depend on any material benefit from this world. Again, listen to the shiur last week and you'll see more about what we spoke about that. He achieved this to such a degree that his entire body became like the loose bone, which remains in existence, intact, and never dies. And that's what it means, Yaakov Avinu Lomet. Yaakov Avinu never died. And when the Pasuk says, later on in Sefer Bereshit, Vayavo Yaakov Luza, Asher Be'eretz Kenan, and Yaakov came to Luz, the city of Luz, which is in the land of Kenan. And what does that mean? He elevated his entire body to the level of Luz. In fact, when Yaakov Avinu, at the end and end of Sefer Bereshit, when he meets with Yosef once again, Vayomer Yaakov el Yosef, Yaakov tells Yosef, El Shaddai nira elai beluz be'eretz Kenan vayvarechoti, that God appeared to me in Luz in the land of Canaan and he blessed me. Yaakov Avinu blessed his son Yosef that his entire body should achieve the status of the loose bone. Based on what we learn, the Pasuk informs us that Yaakov Avinu sanctified himself to that level in the land of Canaan, which is Yerushalayim, when he was in the king's palace, the lose of the universe, when he was there on Haramoriyah, when he woke up from that dream. In Parashat Bereshit, when the Torah describes God's creation of man, the Torah writes, Vayitzer Hashem Elokim et Adam Afar min Adama, and Hashem formed the man of soil from the earth, Vayipach Be'apav Nishmat Hayim, and he blew into his nostrils the soul of life, and man became a living soul. Rashi notes that the word Vayitzer in that pasuk is spelled with two yuds. Snor should be spelled Vav Yud Tzadiresh. Instead it's spelled Vav Yud Yud Tzadiresh. Two yuds. And he says that the two yuds represent the two periods of formation. One for this world and one for Tachiyat Ametim. And maybe we can say that this refers to the two types of formation regarding man's physical form. Number one, you have a yetzirah la'olam which is the formation of his body in this world in such a manner that the body dies and disintegrates. And second, you can argue and say the yetzirah There's a formation of the loose bone in, which, in the spine that does not die but persists. It's intact and serves as the foundation in the future where the entire body will rejuvenate and ultimately be resurrected. With this, on this train of thought, we can suggest the following, that this is what prompted Yaakov Avinu to name the place originally known as Luz to Bet-El. Because upon realizing that the stone that he placed underneath his head was none other than the Eben Ashetiyah, the stone which the world was founded on, 
that was eventually put beneath the Arona Kodesh. And in that was in Yerushalayim, which in fact Yerushalayim represented the lose of the entire universe. It was the foundation of the spatial world. That's why he prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he should merit, that his body should reach such a degree that it no longer benefit from anything physical in this world. He wished to elevate his entire physical, material being to the status of the loose bone, which endures forever. And that's why he named the, he renamed the place known as Luz, Bet El, alluding to the loose bone known as Betuel, Bito Shel El, the daughter of God. This maybe can allow us to understand just a tidbit of what Yaakov Ambinu meant in his tefillah. I pray, if God will be for me, and He's going to follow me and protect me on this road, I pray that I do not follow the path of Laban Arami, chasing all the fancies of the world and all the pleasures of the world. And if God provides me with bread and clothing to wear, just provide me with enough food and clothing to satisfy my basic needs, but not enough to provide me any greater degree of pleasure and benefit. So that I may return to my heavenly Father. El Bet Avi is referring to Akados Baruch Hu, the house in peace. After 120, Yaakov lived 147, that I return to the Bet Hashem with my body intact. Therefore, may I merit to devote all matters of this world solely to Hashem. It will be only, only holiness, only spirituality. And the stone, this stone comprised of 12 component stones corresponding to the 12 tribes of Israel shall endure forever like the Evan Shetiyah, the foundation stone upon which the world was founded. And then he said, And everything you give me, I will tithe. Yaakov Avinu alludes to an incredible idea. The phrase, which literally means, I will tithe, is composed of two words derived from the word, meaning ten. Aser? Aserenu, two words of Eser, two words of ten. The letter Yud has a numerical value of ten. And therefore, the phrase Aser Aserenu can be seen as an allusion to the two Yuds found in the word Vayitzer, and God formed, representing the formation of the earthly body and the formation of the loose bone that remains intact, where Am Yisrael will be recreated in the time of Tehiyat HaMetim. The former formation derives benefit from this world. This is our bodies now and ultimately disintegrates. But it's the latter formation, the second Yud, avoids any benefit in this world. It only eats from the food of Motzei Shabbat like we spoke about last time. That bone exists for all eternity. And that's why Yaakov Avinu says, Ve'kol asher titenli Whatever worldly matters you provide me with, I should merit sanctifying both bodily formations 
solely to Hashem, even the physical material body should be transformed and elevated to the status of the eternal Luz Bon. Wishing everybody a wonderful night. Shabbat Shalom.